So thank you, Sally and Roger, for leading the worship this morning. Quick story. When I was growing up in Jamaica in the 70s and 80s, um, my mom and I only had a radio and, uh, and a turntable for entertainment. Um, or, or telly had um, went kaput, uh, it died, and um, couldn't afford another one, so we said, hey, radio it is then, right? Um, and, and as many of you know, I had no siblings at all, so life was pretty simple growing up in Kingston. Um, in school, I played sports, and I chilled out um, a lot with my classmates, and we played a lot together as children normally do. Um, normally do. And if and when I got bored, life was fine. It was all right. I lived a very simple, unhurried life. Contrast that to last year, 2022. Work uh, started um, the year with, with, with me six months into a new job, and, and things were beginning to ramp up with various leadership responsibilities, both in the UK and overseas. I went on a few overseas business trips, multiple meetings, as usual, par for the course, they say. <coughs> Personally, my closest uncle died, and so I had to go on an unexpected trip to Kingston. Um, and then further on, later on that year, a couple overseas trips to Europe with friends and holiday in Jamaica. But, but even, even when we were on holiday, um, my father-in-law took, took ill and went to visit him in hospital quite a few times. In church, as many of you know, um, we've been searching for a new church pastor and community pastor and children and youth worker, um, which led to many late-night meetings and meetings in between meetings and meetings to prepare for the other meetings, etc., etc. You know, you get the gist. I was also playing sport. I, I played table tennis. Um, I wouldn't quite call it professionally, but when I was a kid, I was on the national junior team. So I kind of continued. Um, I was going to the gym, then I got injured, I got sciatica, blah, 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 slipped disc, you know, various, various visits to the GP and to the hospital, and yada, 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 yada. Physio sessions galore, taking, taking 20 very, very strong painkillers every single day. It was bizarre. And not to mention family traipsing behind them, taking them here, there, and everywhere to sporting events and, and, and so on and so forth. And also my eldest son, similar to, to, um, to, to Oliver, um, went to university. So it was a big transition for him and for us and going to Canterbury, Canterbury every other weekend and so on and so forth. And loads, loads more. And in between all that, if that wasn't enough, I was bombarded with lots of data from my smartphone. <laughs> and I counted it all up, and on average, I got about 500 emails and 1,000 text messages or WhatsApp messages per week. Work, personal life, children stuff, stuff from school, every other day, there's an email from from school about each of our, of our um, three children. And it can be so, so distracting. 
and I dare not go on social media, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and all the other stuff. I was very, very busy last year. But I wasn't any more important than anyone. And I felt as if a lot of my activity last year was hurried. I rushed from here to there to everywhere, meeting to meeting, work and church and home, airport to airport, sporting event to sporting event, church, from one thing to another. And when I got to, to the beginning of December, I was just burnt out. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, I was knackered. And I decided to take a one-month sabbatical. Really, I should have taken three months. <laughs> um, just to rest and recover. Compare last year to my childhood growing up. When it was, life was just blissful. <laughs> Relaxing, playing marbles on the floor and in the dirt with schoolmates. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, coming more to the point, we started this series, Start As We Mean To Go On. And we're focusing on the excerpts of this book from, whoa, well, <laughs> from this book, which flew out of my hands, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, by a guy called John Mark Comer, an American. And he said, how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. So today, it's going to be fun. We start with the premise that hurry is a problem. Being busy, whether you're retired or whether you're an active family, or you have an active family like me, or you're just caring for someone, caring for the elderly, caring for your children, or someone um, who is on long-term sick, Life can be so stressful still. And it's one of the things that I realized as I was preparing that hurry is actually the enemy of our souls, of our spirit, of our, of our quiet time. And one of the things that we <clears throat> are going to be focusing on this morning is a solution to hurry that Jesus modeled in his life when he started out on, on his ministry journey <clears throat> there were four things four main things that he did one was silence and solitude spending time with his father alone the other thing he took Sabbath took a break on a regular basis and in simplicity, the third one, he lived a very simple life. And the fourth one is slowing down. He just slowed right down. Whether it's in the morning or at the night, or whenever he was, when, whenever he was homeless and didn't um, have a bed to, to, lay his, to lay his head on at night. Sometimes he kind of slept in, 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 um, <clears throat> on Mount of Olives. And, and so on and so forth. Um, but he spent time 
slowing down, leading a simple life, and spending time in silence and solitude. So let's return to the first chapter of Mark that I read out earlier. So I started with the, the later part of Mark, um, verses 29 to 39. But the chapter actually starts with Jesus being baptized and while in the water, before he starts his ministry, his father says the most amazing words that any child would love to hear. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is a launch pad into Jesus' ministry. And immediately after John baptizes him, the Spirit sends Jesus out into the wilderness. And scholars say that the Greek word used for wilderness is eremos, which can also be translated to be the desert or a desolate place or a quiet place. The wilderness or the quiet place is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength. It was in the quiet place where Jesus got away from the noise and the busyness. It was in the quiet place that he fasted and prayed for 40 days. Then he became centered. He had great clarity in his purpose and got great strength to take on the devil. And the devil was intent, of course, on stopping Jesus early in his ministry with many, many temptations. And finally, when the devil gave up, God's angels just ministered to Jesus and comforted him and strengthened him. Jesus went to, to a place where he was alone, and a lot of times when we think about going to this desert place or this, or this quiet place, that, that, that Jesus was in a place of weakness. But it wasn't. He wasn't at all. It was a place of strength where he was able to spend time with God, fast and pray, get himself centered, strengthen himself, because he knew what was coming. The enemy was going to come and try to rip him to shreds. Most of this first chapter, Mark focuses on the start of Jesus' ministry, his first day on the job as the Messiah. He was very busy. He woke very early, preached, and casted out demons in the synagogue. And then he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then stayed up late after sunset, healing the sick, and the demonized. Later that day, he must have been knackered. <laughs> I would have been. But after a very long day, he slept and woke very early in the morning while it was still dark, and he went off to Eremus, another solitary place where he prayed and spent time with his father. So Jesus got up early, out the door, into the quiet place. So just to be clear, Jesus went to the quiet place for 40 days, returned to Capernaum for one day of busy, busy activity. And then the very next morning, 
he headed straight back to the quiet place. It was a regular rhythm with Jesus. To and fro from this quiet place. Got busy, knackered. Okay, cool. I'm go- going back to spend time with my father. And a regular, regular rhythm. And then when Peter and his companions found Jesus, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. In other words, Yo, dude, yo, Jesus, you know, you're a celebrity now. You know, BBC and, and CNN and Sky News just want an interview with you. Come on, you're a celebrity. And Jesus replied, Nah, I'm cool. Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And then he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons simply said no he didn't really care about being a celebrity he knew exactly what to say yes to and even more importantly what to say no to do you feel sometimes that you have to say yes to everything when someone asks you to do something yeah okay even when you don't really feel like doing it Sometimes it's healthy to say no. Actually, many times it's healthy to say no. He didn't really care about being a celebrity, didn't he? So that's it. That's the first main point, right? As the Gospels continue, as we read through the Gospels, as we read through the Psalms, as we read through the Old Testament, it wasn't only Jesus, but also... You know, David and and many others spent time talking to God in a quiet place. And that quiet place was a top priority, especially for Jesus. The second point I'd like to make is that in the quiet place it was clear that Jesus had silence and solitude. He was silent He took himself away from the crowds. He was on his own. Silence, of course, has two dimensions. Internal and external. External, of course, is easy. No distractions, no noise, no activity, no housework, no running up and down behind children or grandchildren. But there's also the internal silence. The mental chatter in our heads that never shuts up, or the negative voices, or the lustful thoughts, or the replaying of negative comments and and feedback from other people, or that difficult conversation that you had with a family member or a friend, keeps on playing over and over again, I wished I didn't say that, or or I wish that person didn't say that, or what did he actually mean? Was it a negative thing? And it just keeps on repeat. That silence, we need to kind of drown out that negativity. Go to a quiet place where there's no external noise and no internal noise. The latter, of course, is a little bit more difficult to silent. (laughs) 
And then solitude, of course, is straightforward. When you're alone, engaging with God, and feeding your own soul. I'm not talking about being isolated from people, because that can be dangerous. Neglecting God and, and kind of escaping from everyone, because you just don't want to be with anybody at all. Isolation can be dangerous. But solitude, being alone with God, engaging with God, feeding your own soul and your own spirit, is so, so valuable and so needed. Three and a half years ago, I was on a, I was on, on a trip with, with a few guys from church. Uh, we went on a barge, <coughs> barge trip, which was fun. And one night we were talking about <coughs> um, work and, and a verbal job offer that I got. We talked about 500 million other things, of course, not just about work. And, um, and I'd been waiting a few months for, for a formal job offer to come through. And normally, I'm not a morning person, and <clears throat> I was talking to them, and, you know, it was a little bit, frustra- little bit frustrating. It, I was waiting probably three or four months. Um, I'd already met the guys, done the interviews. <clears throat> they said, yeah, we love you, Norbert, and you're great and amazing, yada, yada, yada. And um, I said, yeah, we're going to send you a job offer. And nothing really appeared after a few months. <clears throat> I was showing my frustrations. And after talking with them and, and them giving me a few hints and tips and so on, um, I went to bed very, very late that night. And if anyone knows me, I'm not really a morning person. <laughs> I can stay up until 2, 3 a.m. and I can solve the world's problems and I'll, I'll be solving, sorting out on, on children's stuff, etc., etc. But trying to get me um, waking up before 6 a.m. can be very, very difficult for me. <clears throat> anyway, this morning, surprise, surprise, I got up very, very early, almost before dawn. And I felt as if it was the Holy Spirit that was waking me up. Got out of the boat, got out of the barge, and um, walked along the path. There was an open space, and... I felt as if the Holy Spirit was a, okay, stop here, Norbert, and just look up. And there was a beautiful, amazing sunrise that came through. Perfect, perfect silence, internal and external. There was no, no other voice in my head. And I just sensed, I didn't necessarily hear an audible voice, but I sensed God just saying, Norbert, everything would be okay. Everything would be fine. In that quiet, quiet space. Later on that day, <clears throat> during lunchtime, I got a call on my mobile phone, and I didn't recognize the number, answered it. It was a recruitment consultant or recruitment agent saying, hey, Norbert, <clears throat> this other company, uh, what isn't on your radar, has a new job that they've created, and we think that you'd be the perfect person for it. Anyway, one thing, one thing led to another, and within two weeks, I'd done interviews and got a formal job offer with um, a very, very short space of time, and I started working with them um, a month later. <clears throat> I say all that to say that sometimes, even when our minds don't even think about it and 
think about, about um, the fact that we're having challenges, that we need to spend some quiet time with God away. God ministers in those moments, in those quiet moments, in those times of solitude and silence. So, and then finally, why is this so important? <clears throat> it's obvious, isn't it? If we don't spend time with God in the silence, if we don't pray, if we don't read our Bibles, but it's not just that. It's not, not about doing stuff. It's not about reading every chapter every day of, of the Bible, etc. It's about just spending time with God in silence and solitude. And if we don't, then we're in trouble. We feel hurried. We have regular anxiety. We feel distant from God and even ourselves. We get exhausted. <clears throat> we become easy prey for the enemy. Our emotional health suffers and sometimes even our physical health. But when we do engage with God on a regular basis, we gain strength emotionally and spiritually. We slow down. We face negativity with assurance from God. We have fewer addictions. We sense the Father's love even more vividly in our hearts and in our souls. And we hear more clearly his guidance in our own lives and come to a place of freedom. Freedom from the fear of other people's opinions or freedom from our failures or even our successes having power over us. Freedom. Freedom from the enemy. So there is a call to action this morning for all of us, including me. <clears throat> There are three quotes I'd like to mention, well, a couple of quotes from, from a couple of um, famous people. First of all, Carl, Carl Jung, or Carl Jung, famous Swiss psychiatrist who developed the concept of the extrovert versus the introvert personality. <clears throat> and he said, hurry isn't of the devil, it is the devil. And Corrie ten Boone, who helped many Jews um, escape, during World War II, she said this, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Psalm 46, verse 10, He, God, says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. <coughs> When I became a Christian in the late 1980s, it was drilled into me that having a daily quiet time with God is very, very important. And I let you in on all the secret. Over the last couple of years, before all the noise and all the business, <clears throat> each day, my favorite way to start each morning was to listen or read the Bible in one ear with commentary from Nicky Gumbel, the pioneer of Alpha and Bible readings by the actor David Suchet. He has such an amazing, amazing voice. And the, that was the only way I survived last year. 
spending time with God, whether at home or sometimes on the commute to work, I just put in my earphones and listen to the Bible reading. Amazing, amazing, and just inspired me to take on the new day. So here's to tomorrow. What are you going to do tomorrow morning? How are you going to start your day before you get busy? Are you going to start with tea or coffee? A psalm or a proverb or, or the gospels? Or are you just going to start off and just get busy? <clears throat> My birthday is November 28th. And a few years ago, I felt as if the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me this idea <clears throat> where at 11.28 every single morning, November 28th, 11.28 every single morning, I would spend a minute in silence, irrespective of what, whatever I was doing, whether it is uh, uh, um, advising my clients on, on their investment strategies, or if I was at work, or if I was um, spending time with children, I would just thank God for my own life, thank God for the day, whatever it is. <clears throat> And one of my favorite verses is Matthew 11, verse 28, linked in with my birthday. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen? Time in solitude. Maybe our minds will go back and forth when we spend time with God. But that's okay. That's okay. <clears throat> it's important that we end our days in times of, of, of silence, in that eremos place, that place of quiet where God will minister to us on a very regular basis. Let's close in prayer. I don't know where my voice went to. <clears throat> Father, we thank you this morning help us Father to, to remember it's not just in the business and, and going up and down and, and, and doing lots of things that matter you call us human beings help us Father to be to be still and quiet to engage with you on a regular basis, to acknowledge your presence in our lives, in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits. For Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Whether we're young or old or, or, or anywhere in between, we thank you, Father, that you have our best interests at heart. Thank you for who you are. You're amazing, you are. You're such a wonderful, wonderful Father. And just like you told Jesus, you tell us this morning, and you remind us this morning, that we are your children in whom you are well pleased. Not about how much sin we've committed or not, or how holy our lives are. But Father, you thank, thankfully, oh Father, you, you love us so unconditionally. You are amazing. 
You are absolutely stunning and amazing. Thank you, God, for being here with us this morning. Thank you, Father, for ministering to us. Thank you, Father, that in the silence and in the solitude, you are there. Even in the busyness, you are still there. But help us, so God, to just acknowledge you, acknowledge your presence, acknowledge your power, and just, just to let go and let you just minister to us every single day. Thank you, O oh God, for who you are. Thank you for your mercies. And thank you for your faithfulness. Amen.